0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 88. And welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Brett.
1: This is Brett Hurst. <laughs> I'm your husband and co-host.
0: And marriage we are both marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. It's gonna help. I hope. It will. I hope it helps. All
1: right.
0: Well, before we jump into the content today, I have a resource to recommend. All right. I'm so excited! This is another podcast of some fellow Houstonians who are actually friends of ours. Uh, the name of the podcast is The Leader's Journey, and it's by our friends Trisha Taylor and Jim Harrington. And the reason I'm recommending it is because they are in the in the process right now of doing a series about emotional intelligence. And it is so good. It has such great content. In fact, I emailed Trisha recently and said the only negative thing about y'all's podcast is that it's so rich that I want to go back and listen to it a second time to like pick up tidbits that I missed the first round. So
1: not really anything negative.
0: <laughs> not at all. No, it's a great podcast. They they're Jim and Trisha are great leaders in our community. And mm-hmm. um, I just particularly like the series that they're in right now. And I think it has a great connection to what we're gonna be talking about today. So I wanted to give Give a little love out to the Leader's Journey podcast. Awesome. Okay. Well, today's episode is called attunement. 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 is not a word you hear every day.
1: It's not atonement.
0: No, not atonement.
1: Attunement. Okay. Attunement. And what what might attunement be?
0: Well, I'm so glad you asked, Brett. The ability to tune in to another and sense where they are and what they need.
1: So were you attuned to me a minute ago when I was in the hall closet and you... Turned the light off while I was looking in the closet.
0: That was nothing but a force of habit. I just was not thinking. You <laughs> right. took it so personally. No, I'm
1: mean, Mr. Invisible.
0: <laughs> Hardly. Um, so it's becoming receptive and being aware of someone else, someone else's feelings and what they're going through.
1: <laughs> and the fact that they're in a dark closet looking f- for light. Oh. For more light.
0: Oh, we should have rehearsed this. Not less light. So, (laughs) but
1: I'm over it.
0: (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) So, I like to think about attunement in terms of like parent child relationship. I mean, when we become parents, we hopefully learn to attune to our baby's needs. We are observant, aware. We're always looking for clues as to how they're feeling, how to meet their needs. And this is part of what creates the bond between parent and child.
1: So it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. So psychotherapist Devorah Levy puts it this way, and I I think she words it really well, so I want to quote this. She says, The power of attunement doesn't only occur between parent and child. It's also a major ingredient in healthy, happy, and passionate marital relationships. I would
1: agree with that.
0: She says, what does attunement look like in marriage? When we look at our partner consciously, with attention, tuning in to what they are experiencing, and express that we are aware of their experience, that is attunement. Hmm. The effects of attunement, she says, on our partner are not dissimilar to the effects on infants. It is calming, and fosters a deep connection. Attunement is a powerful tool in relationships, and something we should be consciously thinking about. End quote. So I I just love that idea of one more word to kind of focus on how we turn toward each other, yeah. which is what John Gottman is always saying and what we're always quoting.
1: Right. No, I like that. We always use this word intentionality, and yes. we use the phrase turning toward one another and. Focusing on one another, so forth. But I like this; it's good, good vocabulary.
0: Yeah. So attunement can help certainly build trust in a relationship, but I don't know if it's as intuitive. You know, d- doing attunement, I don't know if it's as as intuitive as we might think it is.
1: Well, obviously not. So to help, if, if I was just in a dark closet. <laughs> and...
0: So man, I am never going to live <laughs> that down. Uh, so to help the it's Got- Okay, I'm
1: Mister Invisible.
0: <laughs> the Gottman Institute created an. an acronym, this is, I always get stuck, is it acronym or acrostic? Continue. Okay. Uh, Out of the word attune to kind of help us guide our steps so we can kind of remember, practically speaking, what it means to be attuned to our partner's emotions.
1: I guess you have to spell it first so people know. You
0: do. A-T-T-U-N-E. Attune. Attune. That's right. So the A in attune stands for awareness of your partner's emotion. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I mean, like, this may sound like just the most basic level. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't believe I did that before this episode. Um, it's okay. Anyway, Okay. Yeah, you give- keep looking at me funny, which is getting me tickled.
1: I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay. All Don't right.
0: give me a hard time anymore All on right. this episode. Um, so awareness of your partner's emotion. And I just wonder, like people probably think, well, isn't that like the baseline? I mean, mm-hmm. surely we can be aware mm-hmm. of our partner's emotion, but I think some people don't even, they're not even tuned in enough to really know what their partner's feeling. Sometimes. It happens all the
1: time. Yeah. It happens even with couples that want to be tuned in to one another. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just, it's the power of the routine, the mundane Components of marriage can con- contribute to that.
0: Are you saying that we're so busy that it can we can just literally not see our spouse? Certainly not-
1: that, but I think it's just you know there's the the pluses and minuses of routine. I think it's a great gift in marriage that couples get into comfortable routines and get into mm-hmm. uh, things that are predictable. Gives them a lot, like you said, gives them a lot of comfort and so forth. But. Um, there's that inertia of marriage that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good or bad, it just is. Mm-hmm. And so if so much of marriage is just the ongoing process of being committed to each other, mm-hmm. uh, it stands to reason that we'll just kind of get in our lane and coast from time to time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The downside of that being what this is saying, that we're not locking in on each other's emotions.
0: Right. I think about, for some reason, that the line from the movie Breakfast Club <laughs> comes to mind where Ally Sheedy's character is talking to one of the other kids and she talks about how her parents are unkind, she's kind of hinting that her parents are unkind to her. Hmm. And when one of the other students says, well, what do they do? Like, do they hit you? And she just says, they ignore me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just this really powerful moment of we realize when we dismiss each other, Mm -hmm. that is a form of abuse. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. neglect and so forth. So yeah, so just the basic the gist of this is just being aware that your partner has emotions that are different from you. Mm -hmm, So moving along the acronym. So the next word is um, T the next letter is T. So turning toward that emotion. So awareness of your partner's emotion, turning toward that emotion. Mm -hmm. I think this is tricky for people because you and I, Brett have seen couples who, um, and I'm sure it happens with us too, where we don't know what to do with our partner's emotion in a, in some circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, our partners. I'm thinking about times when you felt really sad, and my instinct is to want to cheer you up because I don't want you to be sad.
1: And also probably because you're used to me never being sad, right?
0: right? Not, I mean, not that or often. R- rarely, yeah. yeah. And so when you are, it sort of triggers an anxiety in me of oh gosh, this is not the norm. Mm -hmm. I I need to step in. And and because I love you and want you to feel better, I want to step in and cheer you up. Mm -hmm. But really, is that the most loving thing to do? Or is it more loving to sit with you while you're being sad?
1: Yeah. Which one is expressing deep empathy? Right, right. Is it getting down with me? Or is it trying to say, no, 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 you're not sad. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think the, t- the turning toward the emotion, I think, can be a little bit scary for some people mm-hmm. because we all get a little triggered and a little stirred up by other people's depth of emotion or, or emotions that we just don't really understand.
1: Right, exactly. For some people, it's just such foreign territory because mm-hmm. they've just not processed deeply that particular emotion
0: right yeah that's good so the next letter in the word attune is another t which and the acronym is tolerance of two different viewpoints Mm -hmm. which is really important and i'm seeing this more and more with couples that we work with brett to just be able to like stay in the same space stay Mm -hmm. connected with your partner even if you disagree about something right even if you disagree about something deep right you know like political persuasions or, you know, religious, religious, convictions yeah. or whatever, because the connect, the things we have in common and the things we value are much more similar than the things we disagree about. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that, um, I'll, I guess I'll call it a character trait. I don't even know what it is, but that isn't really taught and valued very much in our society. Right. And so I just feel like I always go back to the mantra of, I can agree with you without mm-hmm. being your disciple, right? and I can disagree with you without being your enemy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it I takes like a lot of emotional maturity to be able to sit with someone you maybe vehemently disagree with about something mm-hmm. and still remain connected and respectful.
1: Right. I mean, we've cited over the years as a Great example of that, James Carville and Mary Madeline, Mm -hmm, you know, who mm -hmm. are completely opposite sides of the political spectrum. But uh, I would assume that they have mastered that art or or have gotten somewhat sophisticated with it, you know, because – Probably on most points of view politically, they disagree on everything, right. but they can remain in the same space because they have great f- affection for each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And because their similar values keep them bonded, even if they disagree on politics and that kind of stuff. So right. that's good.
1: Well, our country is just really in great need of this ability. Oh, for not, sure. Not just the ability to do to learn how to do critical thinking, but to remain in the same space And frankly, to be in times of disagreement and hang things on the line, Mm -hmm. or even more specifically, be okay with the fact that you're never going to completely agree on these things. Mm -hmm. But it's okay.
0: But it's okay, Because
1: none of us are right all the time. That's right. And I think that is really hard information for most of us yeah yeah this is we this is been...
0: emotionally intelligent kind of stuff I mean this isn't I I realize this is not an s- easy thing to do you
1: know and I think because as kids we were reinforced over and over in our you know education process to be right be mm-hmm. right don't be wrong mm-hmm. you
0: that's
1: know that's true so it's a bad thing to be wrong yeah and so we're so afraid of being wrong, we've got to be right all the time, but yeah. nobody's right all the time.
0: I know it's amazing how you can you can watch, you know, news and celebrities and people in the public eye how rare it is for someone to say, "I made a mistake." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no one has that skill anymore, or right. few people do. And when so when you hear it, it's almost like, "Whoa." That's an amazing thing. And for if someone they
1: to... do say they made a mistake, they say it in legalese. Right, right, right. I mean? So that they're <laughs> exactly. protected. But anyway.
0: So moving on uh, down the word attune, we're at the letter U, which is to try to understand your partner. And this, again, may sound kind of like a duh thing, but I go back to the late Stephen Covey whose seven habits, you know, have been so instrumental for leaders and and people in relationships. And one of his principles was seek first to understand, mm-hmm. then to be understood, which we always say, of course, is a biblical concept, mm-hmm. you know, because we're putting someone else for first. But it's true, most of us are wanting to be understood ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And then once we feel understood, we're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. But we always say spin that around mm-hmm. and particularly in marriage if if you're not if you're not really understanding where your spouse is coming from ask the questions mm-hmm. you know john gottman always says you know when you're really listening when you can say the phrase that's interesting tell me more
1: mm-hmm. right
0: you you know you're really all in when you can say that and i think there's just always space to invite you know deeper explanation well mm-hmm. where does that come you know help me understand where you how you arrived at this or help me understand how you're feeling right i think just those words are so healing and you know communicate such love
1: i think what's practically helpful to get you into this mindset of trying to understand your partner or anyone else you're close to for that matter is that whole idea that you and I have talked about for years, just in our own life about being lifelong learner learners? Yeah, lifelong learners. learners. Uh, what's what's the phrase rural uh,
0: <laughs> rural jury? Rural, rural juror.
1: Rural juror <laughs>
0: from thirty Rock.
1: Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, but if we are, you know, back to if we can accept <laughs> that may be the hardest first step, if we can accept the reality, that we are not always right, mm-hmm. and then if we can accept the challenge, uh, even the responsibility, taking that responsibility of, of saying, you know, I, I really want to understand this person because in that I'm going to learn how to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and that becomes second nature. That becomes something that you do in your DNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to learn. You're going to yeah. learn from even sometimes unlikely sources, Right, most likely your spouse is not an unlikely source. You know, you wouldn't have married that person if uh, during your dating years you weren't learning from one another. In fact, yeah. you probably enjoyed in that stage of your life learning mm-hmm. from one another. Oh, there's so you know. Tell yeah. me more. Tell I, me more. I, tell me all about your dreams and your <laughs> visions and ideas and all that other kind of stuff. And then we get into the challenging aspects of living together, and then we kind of just throw that throw that away. Right now it's. Now it's more about who's gonna win, who's gonna have the last word, who's gonna, you know, make mm-hmm. sure that they've put their foot in the ground over this issue or that issue mm-hmm. instead of just going back to loosely holding things and saying, okay, how, how do we learn together?
0: Yeah. And I think when you have a couple where there's not a lot of this happening, then you have couples who operate out of a scarcity mentality of well, if I lean in and mm-hmm. try to understand my husband more, well, he never gives me that. So you know, why would I offer him that listening ear, that that understanding vibe when he never gives me that? You it's know? too
1: risky. It's too, too risky. It's too, too, too raw. Yeah. Too yeah, vulnerable. Too vulnerable. Yeah. And he's um, just gonna hurt me.
0: Yeah. But I think you know, I don't know how many times we've said. I think one person can get a relationship moving in the right direction. Right. I mean, ideally, if both of you had yeah. an epiphany and decided that's to start better. doing all that, that's better. Right. But one person can change a dance step enough no doubt. that the relationship can maybe start heading in a different place.
1: Yeah. So good. we have
0: ATTU. Okay, so N is non-defensive responses to your partner.
1: Wow, This this could be the <laughs> hardest one because this is where... You really start growing in emotional mm-hmm. maturity.
0: Yeah, and this is this is challenging. We won't get this right all the time, no way. Mm-hmm. But there, I always go back to the the understanding that any kind of defensive posture that I have is never going to move the conversation forward. Right. It's just gonna. We're hitting a dead end. Right. So if I can try to step out of that defensive behavior. Mm-hmm. Again, lean in, yeah. ask questions, try to understand. Um, I be, think it unlocks something.
1: Yeah. Well, just to restate what you just said, defensiveness never moves things forward, just yeah. like shame never moves things forward. Right. So, right. um, yeah, that's good. Okay. So how do you, let's get pragmatic though. How do okay. you, how do you get good at non-defensive responses? I mean, for me, it's a spiritual thing. I've got to, mm. I've got to get back to who God says I am,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, really locking in with my identity with Him, rather than being concerned with, you know, what people think of me. Even people I'm close to, even people I admire, mm-hmm. maybe especially people I admire. Yeah. You know, you can get a little too uh, emotionally dependent upon what people's opinions are of you, rather than. Rest in the one who made you and what he says about you, Yeah, you know, and it's all good things because of what Christ has done on my behalf. So, yeah, so no, I'm, at, I I, I'm in a good place with God, not because I've earned it. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't bring anything to the table. <laughs> right. Certainly. But just because of God's great love for me. So if if I am truly loved by God, which mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. again, despite myself, but I am mm-hmm. truly loved by God, then. What am I worried about? Mm-hmm. You know, I can rest in that and then resist the temptation to have to defend myself on every little point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very helpful, and I think I think that is the overarching answer to any of this. Is our the the more we're we're in tune with how much god loves us and how much he's interested in the details of our lives right. and all that kind of stuff and and when we get out of the trying to earn his love right. and grace and cuz we could never in a million years do that um i think that's the overarching answer to everything we talk about in yeah. marriage but for me if you're just asking me in another practical way When I am recognizing that my defensiveness is coming from a place of self protection, Mm -hmm. that's when I can usually unlock it and Mm -hmm. go, okay, what am I? There's something cognizant in my brain that goes, what are you protecting yourself? Mm -hmm. What what are you so scared of? Right. You know, are you scared of admitting you're wrong? Are you scared of admitting a vulnerable place? You know, what do you not trust this person enough to? You know. What's and, really
1: going on here. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so I think defensiveness is all, all almost always about self-protection. And if we can recognize that, it it's it sometimes can be easy to kind of step out of that and go, okay, wait, let me take a deep breath here. Mm-hmm. Do I really need to protect myself so much here?
1: Yeah, good. And, Excellent.
0: And then the last one is E, and that is responding with empathy. That's a big one. Yeah, and we talk, I think we've done a show on marriage to the max, I'm not sure if we d- did one that's uh, kind of sets takes apart the difference between empathy and sympathy because those are two different things. Right. In fact, I'm going to recommend a resource that we may have mentioned on the show before, but Brene or someone on YouTube uh, did a great little animated video about empathy, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, the. Mm, <laughs> Dang it! I've watched it like a dozen times. I'm not forgetting the title, but I think if you go to YouTube, type in empathy Brene Brown. Right. Someone took an audio of a Brene Brown a speech uh-huh. and put a it in a it. yeah, put it and put it on an animated thing, and it's just such a great little well way yeah. to teach what empathy is. Empathy basically is feeling with another person, mm-hmm. and we've talked before about how the difference is where people get stuck on understanding empathy is they think to themselves, they assume that empathy means I've got to identify with another person's experience and you don't have to do that. Empathy is identifying with the other person's feeling. Right. So the other, your spouse can have a feeling from an experience and Mm -hmm. you you can be like, why are you feeling that way from that experience? Yeah.
1: And you can bring literally nothing to Uh, that experience because you have no experience with it. Exactly. But you can still get But
0: you relate to the feeling, not the experience. And that's a different thing. So we always tell the story of the husband who, you know, his wife and he were at home and she had had an embarrassing moment in a staff meeting at work. And she was relaying to him how humiliated she felt and da-da-da-da. And rather than empathizing with her, he didn't really understand why she was making such a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. So he says to her, you're just going to have to get a thicker skin. Like people get embarrassed in staff meetings all the time. Get over it. Right. And so, what we had to kind of talk about was it doesn't matter if you can relate to her experience or not, mm-hmm. you've had times in your life where you felt embarrassed yeah. and vulnerable. That's all you have to relate to.
1: Yeah, you can relate to the emotion.
0: Yeah, you connect to the emotion. Right. And so whether you understand someone's experience or not, really I don't even know that it matters all that much. Mm-hmm. But you can go, "You know what? I've I've felt like that before too. I know exactly what that feels like." And just that level of empathy could sometimes can really bond, you know, two people together.
1: Yeah, excellent.
0: So, you know, emotional harmony is what we're going for here, but research has also found that secure attachment among adults is correlated with lower blood pressure, hmm. better cardiovascular health, lower depression and anxiety, and higher pain tolerance. I
1: was hoping weight loss was on the uh, yeah really
0: boy. There. If we we would be so thin. <laughs> uh, securely attached adults. Who support one another emotionally have stronger personal identities and are more confident when they're separated from each other, mm-hmm. which is tremendous. That's a tremendous thing because we're not always together. And of course, we're not talking about fused couples here who are kind of codependent on each other. We're talking about that healthy attachment where right. you're there for each other, but you're two individual people, you know? Um, but securely attached couples are better lovers, they're better parents, they it just really. Again, so much about marriage work permeates into the rest of your life. Right. It's not just about the two of you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right.
0: So, excellent. So
1: good. Well, Well, thank
0: you for joining me on this episode. You know, I've really
1: enjoyed it, and it was great to have this deep interaction, and now I'm feeling a lot less invisible. (laughs)
0: You're so weird. I will pr- I will promise I will try not to turn the light out on you next time. Thank you. Okay, well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. And we hope you will follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question, please send it to us. We would love to uh, make it an episode. Uh, you can email us at thehursts@homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get that that. that topic on the air. And we hope you will show a little love by rating us on iTunes, and we would love it if you'd write a great review for us. That just really helps us to have more visibility.
1: You'd feel Um, more emotionally attached.
0: I would feel more visible (laughs) in the podcast world, even though we've had lots of new subscribers this year, which we're super grateful for. Um, I also want to give a special shout out to our engineer and audio magician, Grant Supak. Thank you, Grant. Grant, for always helping us to sound like we know what the heck we're talking about. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. Bye bye.